Please turn with me to Philippians, the fourth chapter. And I want us this morning to really recognize that God has promised us peace. How many of you really know that? Jesus said, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but it's my peace that I give unto you. And it's the peace that the world really doesn't understand because it's a gift from above. It's a gift that we receive through Jesus Christ. It's the gift that makes our hearts uh, strong and stable and able to face the challenges of the day. Our text this morning is Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And how many of you know that we need God's peace now as much as ever, probably more than ever, And for those who truly know the Lord and walk with Him and seek His blessing in their lives, God's peace is available for each one of us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to face the future without God's peace. That peace which comes from above that gives us such a sense of well-being, a sense of confidence and of trust. You know, we see this peace in the Old Testament, the word shalom which has to do with the the wholeness of our salvation. Peace is more than an emotion or an emotional state, but it's a sense of God's shalom, the wholeness of his blessing in our lives. Do you know God's peace? Have you experienced his blessing? Do you realize that God's peace is a special gift for all those who are his children in this world? I would like to read uh, the context, and I want to share with you that this passage of Scripture really tells us what it is that we need to change in our lives in order to experience and to live in God's peace. The title of our message this morning is The Price of Peace. The price is certain changes that we need to make in our attitudes, in our relationships, in our behavior that enable us to experience and to walk in the peace that God gives. For this peace isn't automatic. This peace has to do with our growing relationship with the Lord. So as we read these verses, beginning with uh, verse 4, I want you to follow along and see if you can see what it is that is required in our lives, the changes that we need to make, the price of peace that is required. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say that again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last... You have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, 
but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because of I am in need, for I have learned to be content. Notice this, whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it was not good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be accredited to your account. This is the peace, the gift of God. And you know, it seems the older we get, the more we value the peace of God that passes all understanding. Do you think more about your peace and your mental health and your emotional condition the older you get? I heard the other day about an old couple that was uh, uh, just in a season of life where uh, their minds were not as strong as they used to be, enjoying each other in a rather peaceful lifestyle, but there they were watching television one evening, and the husband said to his wife, Dear, would you please get me two chocolate chip cookies and a cup of milk? And she said, Sure. They continued to watch, and she wasn't moving, and so he said again, Dear, would you please go and get me two chocolate chip cookies and a cup of milk? And she said, Oh, okay. And so she left, went back to the kitchen, and was gone for quite a while. She brought out two eggs over easy and some toast and a cup of milk. And so he sat and he ate the eggs and the toast and he drank the milk. And he paused a moment and he looked at her and said, You forgot the orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we laugh about that couple and we think of ourselves and how we go through the changes and adjustments of life. And we realize that, you know, God's blessing. Aren't you glad that God is with us through all the changes and challenges of life? You know, I think even my condition of my ability to to think and manage my life with the strength and the wisdom and the intelligence that I want. Listen, God is greater than that need. How many know that God is going to take care of you through all the seasons of life and he's going to deliver you to heaven someday? And it doesn't really matter that our strength diminishes as we realize that his strength is absolutely sufficient. Our trust is in him. Uh, One of our kids, and I won't tell you which one it was, though, said, well, uh, mom and dad, uh, I'll take care of you as long as you remember my name. Now, is that a good thing for a child to say? And I said, Ginger, let's get her name tattooed on our hands. (laughs) And so it is. We realize that life changes and our relationships are important. And the more dependent we become on others. As we read in this scripture, God has a plan for our peace. And we need that plan because worry can overwhelm us. We can uh, give in to worry and find ourselves uh, overwhelmed. 
not only emotionally but uh, physically, as many of our physical ailments are related to worry and anxiety that is not managed. And so, in order to have the gift of God's peace, I want you to see seven things here which really are important to, to walking in God's peace, the choices that we make. And they're all right here in the scripture. And so I would encourage you to follow with me. As Jesus said in Matthew 6, Do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink or your body, what you shall wear or about tomorrow. He said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So here are the seven things related to the price of peace. Number one, this is so important, make sure that you are a child of God. Make sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that your sins are forgiven, that your name is written in the book of life. You realize that God's peace is available for those who have peace with God. You know, you can't use Christianity and Christian principles unless you really are a Christian. And if you're here this morning and you're not sure you're a Christian, I encourage you to stay afterwards and give us a chance to talk with you and pray with you so that you can be sure that you are a child of God and can begin to experience the gift of His peace. Number two, we need to live in such a way that God will receive glory. Think about how much anxiety and uneasiness is about trying to make a way for ourselves, trying to be successful, trying to get what we want, trying to accomplish all the things that we would like to do. How many of you can say that your life really hasn't turned out the way you planned it? That's the common human experience. Does that mean that you're unhappy, that you do not have a sense of peace? No. As a Christian, you realize God had a better plan than I did in terms of how my life should go. And so I'm not living for my satisfaction. I'm living for God's glory. And we realize that God has a purpose for us. We realize that our life may not happen and develop the way we plan, but we live for God's glory. Number three, we need to pray because that's what God's children do. Isn't that important? We pray. We don't use our energy worrying about our problems. We turn that energy into prayer. And here we have the prayer of petition and of thanksgiving and the request that we bring before the Lord. And we realize that this is God's plan, that we live in communication with Him. As last week we were talking about that scripture from, uh, from 1 Peter, that we cast all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. And we realize that we really do that through prayer. If you catch yourself worrying about something, pause for a moment and just say, have I prayed about this? That's good for us to encourage one another, isn't it? I remember uh, Sister Mabel Dahl used to always say, have you prayed about this? And she she wouldn't let you slide on that question. No, have you really prayed about this? And you know, most of the time, when you came to the place where you could say yes to that question, the problem was solved. But we rush around and we worry. We look for other uh, support and sympathy. We look for other ways of handling our problems. God wants us to pray. And just as this scripture says, we need to pray in everything. Not be anxious, 
but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, make our requests to God. <clears throat> Number four. This is very simple, so very important. We realize the Apostle Paul is uh, giving us a good philosophy of life here, as he says simply, to think good thoughts. Keep your mind on him. Keep your mind on that which is righteous and holy. Keep your mind upon the things that are good and lovely and admirable. And we realize, you know, we need to practice the mental discipline of keeping our minds fixed on God and his kingdom and the good things that we know are worthy of our attention. You know, we're living in a a culture that really tries to focus our mind on other things. You know, I remember the, the, the early computer scientists talked about garbage in, garbage out. You realize that what we feed into our minds will eventually affect us. And we need to realize if we keep focused on good things, we can expect good fruit in our lives. And so to focus on the things which are good is so very important. Number five, not only should we think about good things, but we need to do good things, practice what is right. Here in the ninth verse, we see that Paul says, As I have been an example to you, you need to do that which is right. And so, whatever you have learned or received of me, put into practice. And here we see that we, to imitate those that are godly and do good things is the right direction for us to take. And then just two more items. Number six, remember and consider the good deeds of others and how important others are in our lives. You know, God wants us to be concerned about others as a way of really getting beyond ourselves. Uh, we have a good friend, uh, many of you know her, and she and her husband, uh, she went to the mission field over 30 years ago, and she used to have a real problem with depression when she was a teenager until she learned to help others. And her testimony is how God changed her life and brought her out of self-centeredness and depression as she began to reach out and take care of others. Is that practical? Is that right? Is that good? When we find ourselves too focused on ourselves, we need to stop and realize, God wants me to reach out. God wants me to help others. God wants me to be an encouragement. It's amazing how quickly our mood changes when we begin to help others. Paul is remembering the good things that they had done for him, helping him, encouraging him, supporting him in the ministry. And he shows us a very valuable principle as we think about others and realize that as we love others and actually take the time to support and encourage others, God has a way of encouraging us. And then the last, the last item I want you to notice is that God's clear promise to give us peace. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is God's promise. So it's not the exception. It truly is what God has promised for us. And so, do you want God's peace? How many of you would trade a whole lot of worldly happiness for a good portion of God's peace? There is a difference. The happiness that the world gives is about our feelings. 
It's about our circumstances. It's about the superficial things that may improve our mood but do nothing for our soul in terms of our relationship with God and our deep sense of well-being. The peace which comes from God is truly a supernatural gift which settles in our hearts and gives us a sense of wholeness and well-being that the world can never give us. Once I heard about uh, three artists that were asked to paint a picture of peace, and the result of that project was a good lesson for all of us about how God's peace really works. These three artists were told they could paint anything that they would like to, but it needed to, to somehow be a representation of true peace. Well, the first artist knew right away that he wanted to paint the picture of a tropical pond at sunset where the water was not at all disturbed, just a beautiful mirror. The second artist decided to draw the picture of a, of a mountain cabin secluded in the woods, which was surrounded by great uh, trees as a place you know, to get away from it all. What a, what a beautiful picture of peace. The third artist painted the picture of this huge rushing waterfall. And so when the judges came to examine those three pictures, they agreed that the tropical pond was certainly a picture of peace, and the mountain cabin was a picture of peace, but what about this waterfall? And they couldn't figure it out until they got closer, and they saw there, nestled on the branch of a tree that was leaning over one of the most turbulent parts of the waterfall, there was a tiny nest, and a mother bird was feeding her young. And they all agreed instantly, this is the greatest picture of peace because it's about peace in the midst of turbulence. Peace that is not based on circumstances. We realize this is the kind of peace that God gives us. And each of us need to really have our little nest in this turbulent world where we take care of our loved ones and live our lives with integrity as God gives us grace to do so. And so this morning as we conclude, can I ask you, are you experiencing that peace at this time and season in your life? Maybe you've had it in the past, but somehow you've let it slip as you have been caught up recently in changes of circumstances and worries and of cares. Jesus is saying to us this morning, <clears throat> Peace I give to you. Accept it as my gift and know that this peace will guard your hearts. Lord, we thank you this day. Lord, for this scripture which reminds us and encourages us regarding the importance of your peace in our lives. We thank you, O God, for this gift that has come to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We ask you, Lord, to help us to consider this morning how we might in faith receive this word and experience even greater peace, that we might be an encouragement to others who also need this. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We open our hearts to the ministry of your counsel. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let me ask you this question as we respond to God's word. <clears throat> how many of you would like to uh, trade some worry and some cares for the peace that passes understanding by sharing in a prayer together right now where we just we just unload we just cast our worries and cares upon him and we ask him 
to just give us a greater sense of, of peace, knowing that He true we belong to Him, and He has everything under control. So how many would like to make that trade this morning? Trade some worry for some peace. Lord, we thank You, O God. And as all of us, Lord, get disturbed and confused, O God, and worry about the cares of this life, Lord, we want to make this trade this morning in faith as we turn these things over to You and we open our hearts to Your peace passes all understanding. Lord, we we just place all of our cares and concerns for our families and our finances and our health, oh God, and our work and Lord, whatever it is that's troubling us this morning, we just turn it over to you. And then Lord, we thank you for the refreshing peace that you give us as we realize that you love us, that we belong to you. And Lord, you have everything under control. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Just say these words with me this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this peace which passes all understanding. That I am your child. That I'm safe in your arms. And that you have everything under control. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for this time together this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your ministry to each of us, Lord, through your word and through your spirit. And through your family as we are encouraging one another. Lord, uh, we ask you to dismiss us with your blessing, O God. Help us, Lord, not to leave our peace here at church, but realize that it's your peace in our hearts that is your gift, O God, which is ours. As we live in this challenging world, we know that you are able to keep us and to use us for your purpose though our circumstances may seem overwhelming. We thank you, Lord, for this time together today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.